we have for today. Uh, a very heated debate here in the studio. Um, for Ryan Kassoff and Andrew Shapiro, I'm Mike Lewandowski. We'll leave you with a good night and a go blue. Work it, make it, do it, makes us older, better, faster, stronger. Not, not, not that that don't kill me, can only make us stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 FM and where the puck drops here. Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f- what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask, cause I'm not sure. Do anybody make real anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Cause right now, that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness. That I would even show up to this fake. So go ahead, go nuts, go ace. Especially in my pastel on my paper. Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel. Homie, take six and take this. Hater. WCBN-FM, the Sun Ra Orchestra, and the Regents of the University of Michigan would like to remind you that truth is the most precious commodity. Demand the truth. Accept no substitutes. Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley and uh, Jim Dwyer, my partner, is uh, busy with school obligations tonight. Ann Arbor Public Schools just resumed their schedule today, so he's uh, got lots of work with the upcoming semester out there at Huron High School. So he'll be back next week. And needless to say, you can't fool the people on Gray Matters any of the time. <laughs> We're on top of everything down here, including news, history, economics, you name it. We do it. A very interesting uh, chart, by the way, that I didn't bring in from the New York Times regarding the weather. It's been uh, unseasonably balmy here in Michigan, and it's supposed to continue for a couple more days. They had a chart of the uh, 2011 continental United States. It was the fourth warmest on record for the uh, city of New York City, just uh, as an aside, since they are a New York-based paper. There was a very interesting um, demarcation line showing which parts of the country were warmer versus which parts were cooler. Uh, Needless to say, Texas was... uh, 
very hot. Uh, they're going through one of the worst droughts on record. Uh, they're running out of water down there. And uh, Rick Perry, running for president, maybe running out of time. We'll get to him in a second. But a very interesting line uh, between Tucson, Arizona, and Fargo, North Dakota. Basically, if you were south and east of that line, kind of a diagonal, kind of a south-west-northeast line, you were above normal for temperatures. Some places were well above normal. North and west of that line, you were a little below normal. And interestingly, one of the only major cities that was actually a little cooler than normal, the two major cities, were San Francisco and Los Angeles. I speculate, I don't have any data to prove this, but this was probably caused by cloudiness, not necessarily heat. Uh, California is known as a very sunny place, and they might have actually just had more clouds than normal. Pacific uh, systems that are coming in from the Pacific Ocean seem to be bigger than ever and are uh, holding more precipitation than ever. And this is why uh, many parts of America were much wetter than normal. When I went home for the holidays, I found out that Cincinnati, for instance, had set an all-time record. And my hometown of Athens was uh, way above normal. And every creek and uh, river that I grew up admiring as a Boy Scout and a lover of nature uh, were all way above normal. Uh, and even Ann Arbor, I noticed, broke uh, the 50-inch precipitation mark. We usually get about 36, 37. So that's significantly wetter than normal. And one should expect these trends to continue. There is simply no scientific evidence this, that supports the uh, climate change deniers. Who uh, This is one of the primary uh, ideas of the Republican Party in the uh, upcoming presidential elections. One of the things that they simply ignore factually is that glaciers are retreating all over the globe, particularly in the major mountain ranges of the uh, mountain ranges of the Andes and the Himalayas. And uh, they overlook the fact that China uh, surpassed the United States in uh, the emissions of greenhouse gases in 2006. So China's contribution to greenhouse gases back in the 60s and 70s was not important, negligible. Uh, that's quite different now. And China and the United States account for well over 50% of the greenhouse gases emitted uh, by uh, all of the countries on the globe. So put that pipe and smoke it. Now, uh, we'll just make a brief comment about sports. Congratulations to the Wolverines for winning. Uh, they didn't deserve to win, but they found a way to win. As for the Detroit Lions, uh, they, uh, I think, met their goals for the season. Obviously, uh, they hung in the game for a while in the New Orleans uh, playoff game, but uh, they were unable to take advantage of early turnovers, and Drew B Brees is just simply too good. Uh, the Lions made significant progress this year, and they are an up-and-coming team. So uh, congratulations to the Lions for at least making the playoffs and uh, to some tiny little degree restoring the roar. 
so we'll look forward to the Lions in upcoming seasons. They do have an up-and-coming quarterback uh, in Matthew Stafford. they got to plug some holes on both offense and defense, so we'll wish them well next year. As for the upcoming playoffs, uh, I think all the home teams will win except San Francisco. I think New Orleans will upset them on the road. Well, uh, sports uh, leads right into politics. Football is kind of like politics, although we have noted down here in recent weeks that I believe the Republican uh, primary situation is a little more like uh, roller derby than football, particularly this year. And uh, I said last week that I thought the most important uh, person in the race, uh, Santorum obviously had some momentum, uh, his uh, 25% of the vote is uh, very explainable by who turned out. Uh, it turns out that 60% of Iowa Republican caucus goers were evangelical Christians. Uh, he won that uh, constituency, and he also won the abortion constituency very heavily. Um, the New York Times and Wall Street Journal both have... Um, well, these actually were entrance polls, interestingly. A uh, slightly different take on um, their analysis, though. They, they have some similar breakdowns, uh, but uh, it's interesting that on the abortion question, uh, for voters in which that mattered the most, uh, Rick Santorum got 57% of those voters and uh, blew away the field in that department. Uh, Mitt Romney... Um, did fairly well across the board. Uh, and interestingly, he got 44% of those that opposed the Tea Party with Santorum winning a slight uh, plurality, but uh, not really beating Romney that much in that area. The other thing that was interesting about Mitt Romney's uh, win by a nose, I think he won by eight votes, uh, Experts pointed out that there wasn't much uh, increase in the turnout from uh, four years ago. Uh, he won the more conservative votes, and uh, he did uh, very well with born-again or evangelical Christians, uh, of course, and uh, did much better amongst Republican voters who described themselves as very conservative. He won that uh, with a rather large plurality. Mitt Romney um, edged out Ron Paul on the uh, moderate wing of the Republican Party to the extent that it still exists. Now, we're going to see in New Hampshire a very interesting situation once again. Who finishes fifth? Bachman is out. Perry is skipping the primary altogether pretty much. He's already moved on to South Carolina and has pretty much doubled down there. Uh, he's been spending quite a bit of money, by the way, on TV ads. And I'm not sure that he's even going to drop out of the race, even if he... Uh, he might if he doesn't finish at least third, but he's got enough money to continue on to Florida. As for Michelle Bachman, uh, her voters, I think, will go to Santorum and Perry. Probably not much to Newt or Mitt. And uh, Newt Gingrich is just all over the map. Uh, using the uh, roller derby analogy here just for a second, and our affectionate nickname for Newt is Big Fig. So imagine Big Fig on a pair of roller skates trying to catch Mitt Romney. 
And what happens to him is he gets shoved by Rick Santorum into Mitt Romney, who, of course, is wearing a Speedo outfit, has all this glossy vitalis on his hair that doesn't move. There's so much grease oozing off Mitt Romney that Newt Gingrich spins around like a top. And while he's singing the Big Fig song, he rolls and he rotates and he falls onto the track and Rick Santorum runs him over. Rick Santorum, uh, of course, is the man of the week, so to speak, but I wouldn't count on him uh, going very far. Iowa was a home game for him, and he only got 25% of the vote. His only chance is to get uh, Perry and Newt Gingrich out of the race. I don't think that's going to happen. And then Ron Paul continues to be the elderly skunk that's spoiling the party. Ron Paul has enough money to continue on. He seems to be determined uh, to remain the last man standing other than Mitt Romney, and uh, he will continue to be a problem for the GOP. His voters, primarily young, uh, this is one of the interesting things from the entrance polling data that both the Wall Street Journal and New York Times in their uh, January 4th editions, I have both of these charts here, show that uh, Ron Paul, it's interesting as the Wall Street Journal has these little uh, tables, uh, the New York Times actually has the precise numbers, which I think are much more useful. Uh, but uh, Ron Paul got 48% of voters between 17 and 29. Uh, I don't know that the Republican Party can count on this constituency uh, in the general elections. And needless to say, he also did very well amongst independents, getting 44% of the vote. He has enough money, has the ground troops, so to speak, in terms of the volunteers, and the enthusiasm to remain in the race for a considerable amount of time. He'll be in the race at least until March 6th. As for these other folks, uh, who knows? Uh, Perry, obviously is putting all of his chips in South Carolina. I would say that if he doesn't finish at least third, he may drop out. John Huntsman all of a sudden declared a week ago that it's all or nothing for him in New Hampshire, says he'll drop out if he doesn't finish at least third, which is probably the best he's going to do. So the real question in New Hampshire is not who wins. Romney's going to win. The question is, what is his margin of victory? Uh, He's in the kind of uh, low 40s, uh, upper 30s, but uh, the momentum has been against him in recent tracking polls. And tracking polls are not precise, but they do show movement. And Romney has gone down a bit, and uh, Rick Santorum and John Huntsman have gone up. Uh, Ron Paul and Newt Gingrich haven't changed much. So I suspect that the tracking polls will reflect the final numbers in New Hampshire. And uh, Huntsman, for the record, may, uh, may finish third and may stay in the race. And if he does, uh, this probably actually hurts Romney more than the other candidates because uh, he's been a little more independent, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of his presentation in terms of his temperament, and uh, he may find a little slice of the New Hampshire constituency 
that he can grab onto. But uh, he's not a contender. He's certainly not going to do better than 25% of the vote. And I'm not too sure, even if he finishes third, what the rationale for him continuing exactly is. As for Newt, uh, his uh, ego is so big, he's made so many mistakes in the last six weeks in the campaign, that uh, he has uh, nothing left to do except to continue to run. Uh, He's selling books. And he's, uh, I think, had a very confused strategy about uh, who to go after and why. Uh, After the Iowa results were in, he publicly announced that he was going to go after Mitt Romney. That didn't happen for a couple of days. Instead, he went after Santorum. Uh, And uh, that, of course, is interesting in and of itself, uh, because now we're learning more about Rick Santorum. Uh, He's been the forgotten, overlooked person in the race so far. Uh, And I wouldn't say that his surge in Iowa was significant, but at least he, as they say in horse racing, placed. But as I already pointed out, Iowa was a home game for him. And the fact that he only got 25% of the vote in Iowa underscores this problem that the Republican Party still has in terms of the conservatives trying to pick an alternative to Mitt Romney while they're dealing with the real problem of Ron Paul. Rick Santorum strikes me as a one-trick pony. He's running on social issues. He purports to be an expert on abortion and gay marriage. And quite frankly, I don't know how anybody who is running for president who's an expert on sodomy I've always loved that word. Woody Allen uh, uses it frequently in many of his movies from the 70s. Uh, I don't understand how that goes anywhere. Uh, It's somewhat irrelevant to the uh, issues that affect America today. The other two big stories of last week, other than the usual nonsensical saber-rattling that goes on uh, with the government of Iran, was the uh, unemployment numbers and the uh, defense um, p- plan the new the new plan for defense. Very interesting um, that the um, shall we say the Panetta Petraeus Obama plan uh, calls for cuts over a ten year period, a slight paring down of the forces, a leaner, meaner fighting machine, as they say, uh, some minor adjustments in. Uh, 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 procurement uh, decisions, but not fundamental restructuring of the Pentagon. Uh, Ron Paul has promised to cut spending by a trillion dollars in his first year in office. Uh, That will never happen. Uh, It demonstrates that Ron Paul doesn't understand anything about the real budget in uh, Washington. The Commerce Department, by the way, one of the uh, Uh, departments that both uh, Ron Paul and Rick Perry want to uh, abolish is very small. Uh, One of the candidates keeps using the phrase bureaucrats in the Commerce Department. There are a few, but not many. It's one of the smallest uh, departments of the U.S. government. And virtually every um, government, every major industrialized government in the world anyway, has a... um, minister of commerce or a commerce minister or a cabinet minister, whatever you want to call it, somebody in the government that functions in that role. 
uh, why the United States would <laughs> want to abolish this uh, department uh, is uh, somewhat mysterious to me. Um, Rick Perry, of course, couldn't remember the three uh, branches or three agencies that he wanted to get rid of. Finally figured it out. But uh, getting rid of the EPA, uh, which uh, Michelle Bachman uh, prominently ran on that issue, uh, doesn't strike me as a particularly rational idea either. Uh, the EPA was created uh, by Congress and approved by Richard Nixon uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, in response to the infamous Cuyahoga River in Cleveland catching on fire. A prominent senator from Wisconsin named Gaylord Nelson established Earth Day, which I believe is the 22nd of April, uh, celebrated every year. Uh, Earth Day, alas, needs to be celebrated every day. Not just one day out of 365, but every day. And um, environmental consciousness uh, appropriately became a concern of the federal government. We need to remember that our uh, corporations uh, here in the United States were dumping toxins, toxins into the water, into the lakes, into the rivers. Uh, there was no regard for air pollution. Uh, and many of the EPA regulations over the years have actually helped health, public health. We got rid of, just as an example, lead out of gasoline. We have made commitments to uh, cleaning up the water. And when you see recently uh, earthquakes in Ohio, now attributed by seismologists to the uh, fossil fuel practice of fracting, uh, you have to be concerned about that. Um, there have been dozens of earthquakes in Ohio. There have been earthquakes in Arkansas. The earth is being systematically destroyed by fossil fuel corporations that have no regard for the consequences of what they're doing. Uh, you'll hear some allegations in the campaign, I'm sure, you can count on it, that will accuse Obama of uh, going after the fossil fuel industry because he supports these green jobs. Well, the green jobs have not been supported uh, in sufficient numbers or with sufficient money. There's a lot of focus on Solyndra. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we discovered that the uh, ethanol subsidy has ended. Well, that subsidy amounted to $7 billion, money that's now going to be saved by the government in which food, corn, was being converted into alcohol with almost no efficiency to the American economy benefiting. It was basically a subsidy for uh, corn growers in the Midwest in particular to grow more corn than we need or not to export corn for food. And this is an outrageous example of uh, government earmarks and misplaced priorities that uh, has finally uh, bit the dust. Uh, I'm all in favor of more subsidies for solar and wind because once those investments are made, the energy is renewable and it doesn't destroy the earth or the water uh, because some of this fracting not only is, seems to be creating earthquakes, small earthquakes, but earthquakes nonetheless, but it does seem to be uh, polluting uh, water in certain areas. So this fracting 
practice needs to be uh, reexamined, and this area between uh, New York through Pennsylvania and Ohio, this Marcellus Shale uh, area of uh, the United States, should uh, proceed forward uh, very cautiously. As for Mitt Romney, uh, I don't think we mentioned him, Iowa was a minor win for him, and it was tactically wise of him to downplay expectations early on. He kind of made a, a go for it at the end. Yes, the super PACs got involved in the campaign and attacked Newt Gingrich, but Newt Gingrich was a man that was reeling. He was big fig on the roller derby track, rotating around about to fall on his face, which he did. And we explained why last week, why Santorum was moving up in the polls, the evangelical Christian leaders in Iowa had advised Michelle Bachman to get out of the race. She obviously finished last. She's out of the race. Santorum will be a minor beneficiary of that fact. But uh, Mitt Romney is, is playing it pretty conventional, pretty uh, management-oriented, pretty uh, straight-laced the way he comes across. And uh, he almost can wrap this thing up should he win in South Carolina, which I think is definitely uh, not a certainty. But if he should win in South Carolina, uh, it pretty much will be over. Remember, uh, the, the only candidate that did not become the nominee that won both New Hampshire and Iowa in either party, you got to go back to 1972 and Ed Muskie to find such a candidate. Um, Iowa uh, sometimes makes uh, eliminates some of the weaker uh, crop, so to speak. They're a farm state, so the weaker crop doesn't survive. New Hampshire frequently vetoes Iowa's choice, but uh, South Carolina is a very determinative um, state for the uh, leader of the Republican nomination. And if Romney wins South Carolina, it's over. And then, of course, the state that follows South Carolina is a big in swing state, Florida, which is up for grabs in the general election, a state where Obama has some demographic problems, to say the least, not a state that he's uh, guaranteed to carry, though I think he, he did win it last time. Um, and money is going to be crucial there. Look, there's only three candidates that have any money, Ron Paul, Mitt Romney, and Rick Perry. And Rick Perry, um, as I pointed out last week, look who finishes fifth in Iowa. That's where he finished, fifth. No momentum for New Hampshire. He's wisely skipping it all together. And as the New York Times in a chart that I don't have in front of me, but I thought I did, uh, he's been spending quite a bit of money on television advertising in South Carolina. He may benefit, may not. Newt Gingrich had a lead there a month ago. Uh, that lead is all but evaporated. And uh, Newt Gingrich is still uh, searching for an identity uh, in the campaign. Um, I think that his ego is the problem. His lack of campaign advisors and, and or staff are the problem. He is uh, and has been undisciplined. He's made a lot of uh, very odd comments and we talked about how the uh, Republican Party establishment went after him over a month ago. Last week in New Hampshire, he continued to uh, say strange things, uh, to say the least. And uh, one uh, critic of Newt Gingrich uh, about a month ago said, well, he has 10 ideas every day. W uh, one or two of them are, are pretty good. 
Six of them are bad, and the rest of them are just weird. So, uh, the big fig is a bit weird, but then so are others in this campaign. Ron Paul uh, may be the last man standing, and I think that that will be very fascinating to see a prolonged Mitt Romney-Ron Paul battle because uh, he's got the money, he's got the ground troops. My problem with Ron Paul is I don't think at the end of the day, I agree with him about the Pentagon, we need to uh, scale back on our commitments around the globe. Um, I'm not an isolationist, by the way. I, I don't know that Ron Paul is an isolationist. He might be. You know, he's been a little vague about some of that stuff, but uh, certainly non-interventionist. And I think that the uh, new uh, Pentagon policy, uh, which we can talk more about in upcoming shows, is a step in the right direction, though not a big enough step in the right direction. By the way, uh, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. I'd like to thank Andrew for engineering once again. I wanted to uh, call your attention to a very interesting article that appeared in the 11th, no, excuse me, the 6th of November edition of the uh, New York Times Magazine, Can Anyone Really Create Jobs?, and uh, I recommend this because it basically calls into question the assertions that both Mitt Romney and Rick Perry, who uh, back then was uh, considered a contender, uh, have been making about a job creation uh, in the government. It's very interesting from the unemployment numbers, by the way, that the um, which we'll talk more about next week, as well as the results from New Hampshire, that the unemployment uh, numbers show once again that the private sector is creating jobs that the jobs that have been cut in the last uh, 18 months have been in the government, uh, state and local government primarily. And that's because uh, the stimulus money that was originally one-third of that $780 billion was basically direct aid to the states. That money dried up to some extent. But as the Harper's Index pointed out in a recent Harper's Index, uh, amount of 2009 stimulus package that the federal government has yet to spend, $127 billion. And this was a uh, Harper's Index from a couple months ago. So this idea that politicians can create jobs, Mitt Romney's basic platform is to increase defense spending and cut taxes and regulation. Hmm, this sounds like the playbook that we've been following here in the United States for the last 30 years with no success whatsoever. So Mitt Romney needs to be asked by his competitors how this plan works. It's failed in the past. It will fail in the future. And uh, I don't think uh, Mitt Romney has explained this. Uh, Mitt Romney is, is, is running a different kind of campaign. It's polished. It's professional. He has consultants. And he spreads his money out. He's running a 50-state campaign. He's the front runner. Until he gets knocked off the horse, uh, he remains the front runner. He's obviously going to win New Hampshire. The question is, by what margin? I would say that anything less than 40% will be perceived as a little bit of a defeat. This is a home state for Mitt Romney. Seems to own a vacation home there. One of many. Doesn't seem to own quite as many homes as John McCain, who came out last week to endorse him. So we'll keep our eyes on the Vitalis man, oozing of Vitalis, 
wearing a Speedo on those roller skates. Big Fig is going to have to get up off the track. Well, I'm out of time down here. Jerry Max raring to go with Yazoo City Calling, so do stay tuned. He's coming up.